a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. You're listening to the Zero Limits podcast brought to you by Island Lead Cartel for all your fitness wear and supplements needs. Use the code Zero Limits 10 for discounted prices. On these podcasts, we are going to be sharing real-life stories to give you the motivation and drive to complete any goal you set your mind to. We're going to be speaking to high-charging people with a zero-limit mindset that never say no. Let's go! viewers on today's episode of zero limits podcast matt and i are chatting to a navy veteran uh, and also a close friend of mine sammy peters he was a clearance diver a very good rugby league and rugby union player and went on to um to be in tag east in based out of sydney yeah no it's gonna be a good one because i don't really know too much about the uh, clearance uh, diving side of things especially for the navy yeah you know my thoughts about the navy you're all a bit weird <laughs> uh but the clearance divers are a little bit better because they come you know and they do That's a bit it. of army stuff do a real, yeah, real do shooting do so uh but let's just get him on get him to tell his story and 100 how you doing mate how sammy, are you welcome Hey boys, thanks very much for having me on. Thank you much for en- entering the call the other day, and um, you're still very, very handsome. Oh, yeah. yeah, very strapping, very strapping. <laughs> uh, there's another guy, uh, Tate Sullivan. Me and him have like a running, running joke. Every time Sam posts something up on the gram, we always comment each other with like love, love hard eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I fully expect now every time I post something up, there's going to be uh, there's going to be something tagged or something commented on. <laughs> Uh, anytime uh, something goes up on my media, so it's always interesting what comes up. It's usually the same thing, you know, some, some love hard eyes, and you know, I'll have a look at this guy, you know. Dreamboat. Oh, that was that was one one time. That was one time. That. I think we always hashtag the Bachelor in there as well. Channel Seven, the Bachelorette as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah right, mate. Yeah. We'll um, we'll just start right from the start. Where did you uh, grow up, and uh, where'd you go to school and stuff? Uh, so I, I was super lucky. I grew up on um, the Northern Beaches down in Sydney, down in Manly. Um, I was very lucky to be born and bred down there and went to school. Uh, spent the majority of my life basically uh, living um, out of out of that area. Uh, fresh water we called home. Um, and uh, yeah, I went to uh, I went to a little a little school down the road um, from from where we grew up, St John the Baptist. Um, with my two brothers, yeah, and, uh, and then uh, over to St Paul's College uh, in Manly, where I did all my uh, where I did all my high school. So that was really cool. We um 
uh, with really good schools. Uh, it was an all-boys school, so it was obviously <laughs> it was a bit different. But uh, I think looking back at it now, it was probably um, it's probably the best thing actually uh, for me, from my perspective, um, coming through as a young fella. And, um, you know, I had, I had a lot of sport and um, dedicated to a lot of, um, of like sporting events and sporting teams growing up. So um, I think that really honed in on my focus, um, being able to just concentrate on, on my sport and obviously just my schooling as well. Yeah, gotcha. With that. Yeah. How did you how did you go at school? Were you uh, quite academic or I reckon you was a dirtbag? Um I, I'd probably dare say I was in the middle. I, I, I was a real sort of grey kid, I think at school. I wasn't a bright spark. Um <laughs> and I don't and I certainly wasn't probably the, at the lower end of the spectrum, but um I think I just kind of I managed to get through and I think um I, I think if I didn't commit myself uh, to so many things um with regards to sport, I probably would have done better. Um so it was always a goal of mine to make sure I got my HSC, um, and uh, I didn't I didn't really concentrate too much on the uh, the university scores that that I needed to get into university or anything. But uh, you know, my dad was a blue collar worker growing up, tradie, um, and so you know, me and my brothers all sort of fell yeah, into the same mould as, as as dad growing up. You know, we used to work part time with him in our time um, away from school, so. You know, he he sort of um, he gave us a great work ethic, even even at young ages. Um, so, you know, well, I did things like building and construction at school, and my major works was to um, soundproof the uh, the building and construction room, and yeah, so I did really well with that stuff. But um, you know, with regards to the other, you know, biologies, and I, I probably wasn't the academic scholar that, you know, some of the other kids were at school. So my commitments definitely lied elsewhere. And, uh, and um, you know, that sort of took off for me once uh, once school finished. So throughout, throughout school, were you legal union? Um, I was a league. I was a league since I was a young kid. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were, it was, a, it, was a, it was an interesting transition at my school because my school, St. Paul's College, was always a league school. Um, and then... In around about year nine, for me, we had a change of principal, and um, he was he was a pommy fellow by the name of Andy Martin, and he was he was an incredible man, but he was just a he was a rugby union fanatic, and he actually changed the school from a league school into a union school. <laughs> so, um, like my brother, who is three years younger than me, the he developed that school's rugby team so well that. St. Paul's College in my brother's year when he was in 11 and 12 were beating schools like Joey's in Sydney. Holy cross. So <laughs> it was it was quite an incredible change. But he had he had a lot of um, you know, league league style type players that were able to transition and play in as well. Yeah. So which helped uh, definitely helped. Yeah, for sure. Um and how old uh sorry, throughout year twelve, uh obviously you said you didn't want to go to uni. Were you already thinking about the defence force? Obviously Navy. Yeah, Army how did that come about? Like is is there any family um, history? No, nothing. Uh, nothing. Nothing for mum and dad. Nothing. Um, we, we, going back, I had a great uncle who was in the war. Um, great uncle Arthur, but I mean, it never came up. It was never a thing for me. Um, Defence was kind of like a uh, a post um, sporting uh, venture for me. So uh, when I left, <clears throat> when I left school, I pretty much put my head down into rugby league um, by. The time I was sort of 16, 17, I was coming through the development and younger ages through the Manly Seagulls program. 
Um, okay. So, um, you know, signed my first sort of contract at 17, 18, contracted with the club as a young kid, um, and then signed my second one, which took me through to 2022, sort of 23. Um, and, you know, that was my focus. That was it for me. I was just, I was so honed in on that just to be a professional athlete to try and to try and be a rugby league player and um and and play for the seagulls and i was mm. so lucky that i had incredible coaches and so i played with some incredible guys um some of those guys are sort of finishing up even with their career even today so um yeah it was a really good interesting part of my life and i think you know that was you know apart from sort of my younger years working with dad who who instilled discipline and structure and work ethic you know my sporting career was definitely something that you know really really harnessed those um you know those certain traits for me as well being so young um and having to mix it up with you know you know men that were significantly older and stronger and, and you know um you really had to squeeze yourself away a lot and make sure that you were training right dieting right eating right and you know for a young for a young kid, there's a lot of pressure to um, cool. to have one at that particular age, you know. So, yeah. And what happened uh, with that career? Like injuries, or you just didn't go any further with it? I um, so this when I signed this, my first contract was sort of like in between when Manly and North were merged. So yeah. when Manly North North merged, they had the Northern Eagles, and um, you know, I, I I was having a really really good run around that time when they merged, and I felt that. I thought that maybe I would have had a shot um, at being able to have an opportunity to play first grade, um, maybe given the merger didn't go ahead because the merger went ahead and, you know, there was two football teams that had to combine, you know. Um, So, yeah, those two football teams had to combine. So, which meant that, um, you know, I was playing back row at that stage in between back row and centre so that we had an international back row at the North Eagles. And you had, you know, (laughs) Steve Menzies, Adam Muir, Ben Kennedy and, you know, like the, the... the fight and the for positions was just incredible. So I mean, I stuck around and uh, and played for the for the club until about twenty twenty three, um, and then I moved on after that. I decided that I needed a change. Um, had a one year deal with uh, Melbourne um, and predominantly played with their uh, with their feeder club, who they had adopted the North Sydney Bears at that stage. Mm. So um, and uh, see, so yeah, I had a had a season over there. I was really lucky with injury. I had I had a few injuries through the career but nothing that was probably ever career ending per se so the um the the injury that i had at the end of the season with north sydney was a hyper extension to my elbow and um that was kind of like i was a bit deflating um coming towards the end of that but you know i think you know as i said i met i met some really really good people along the way and i think there's one conversation that i had with a careers advisor um at that at that club when I was sitting there watching one of the games and then uh, I was sitting next to him and we we're just having general chit-chat and um, still resonates with me to this day. But he sat there and he was questioning me about what I was doing after football. Now, I didn't even – I didn't really give a thought. So, yeah, you know, during that time I was – you know, I was doing part-time work whenever I could, you know, because everything was all focused around my football. So um, I didn't care about career. I didn't care about anything else except for, you know, trying to make it. And he sort of – he really – he really put a stop to um, that sort of thought process for me. He, he made me really, really think about, you know, what's the next chapter for me. So he, he basically said, "Look, 
you know, you're injured at the moment, you've got another year option on your contract next year, uh, whether you can take it up, the club can take it up or, or not, it's up to you. But um, what are you doing after football? And I said, well, I don't know. I have no idea. And he said, well, you probably should start thinking about it. And he said, I'll give you an I'll, 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 I'll let you know why. Because we've got kids here today. We had Israel Folau. Um, yeah, right. Greek. We had these young kids. And they, they were young kids at that stage. And, yeah. like, these guys will play for nothing at this stage. And he said, you're 24, 25, you've got a car, you're out renting at the moment, you know, you've got bills to pay and everything else. So really, you're probably looking at anywhere from 80 to 100K, you're looking for a contract, you know, that's going to meet the bare minimum of what you're going to require. These kids will play for nothing. These kids will play for minimum, bare minimum. Yeah. So who's more so who's more investable? Exactly. Well, and I was like, yeah. oh, damn. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Ah, man. Oh. Yeah, so uh, I, I really, um, I really walked away from that conversation, um, and and gave that, you know, really gave that a lot of thought, and thought, well, you know, I was kind of at that the crossroads because it's a young man's game now. You know, you, you do is, get yeah. the, um, you do get the guys that are, you know, in the late twenties, early thirties, and but you know they've normally been playing for a long period of time. So, um, you know, so I, I actually decided to retire after that season. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I retired that set after that season. I thought well, I'll, I'll just give myself some time and space now to really concentrate on what I what I want to do after this. And I went back and played a bit of park football. Still, I still yeah. you know dip my feet. Made sure I was still involved and had some real fun locally, and it was really cool. Like you know, but at that stage I was scaffolding. So the the the, the club I was working for at that stage, the coach was was also the uh, boss of a scaffolding company. So it was like, hey, come and work for me, and also play for me. And yeah, it makes sense. It was, really good at work it was it was fantastic but um you know after a couple of years of that i was like uh there's just there's something more for me you know and i started to lose a little bit of that you know that professional drive that you have when i was playing football and you know you kind of start tapering off and becoming a little bit lazy around things and uh, it wasn't me i didn't like it didn't like the sort of i didn't like what i was turning into basically so um i made a decision to do some do a, a certificate three and four in personal training or fitness fitness. So I sat that and uh, met some really good people through that course. And it just so happened that in that course on my very first day, I sat next to a guy who was in the Navy. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. That was the, do you, do you still speak to this guy? Yeah, I still speak to him. He's a really good friend of yeah, mine, right. there you Matt. Go. Uh, Matt was a trainee clearance diver who had just, he'd unfortunately not passed the seat out at that stage. So, yeah. um, they were going to give him another chance at it, but in, in between that process, because it's a it's a uh, it's a lengthy process in between see that's they said, look, you know, you can go and study something uh, because if you if you fail a see that and you're not you know they don't they don't allow you to continue on as a diver, you can actually you know you can discharge and leave. You, know, you don't need to go yeah. and fleet. So he was sort of weighing up his options there, and um, I had no idea about the navy. I just I just I was like, oh, that's cool, mate. You're in the navy. I thought, what the hell's he doing doing a PT course? He should be out in a boat somewhere. You know? Like <laughs> that's what all the navy dudes like did. You know, you're out on boats and you don't see them for you know ten months of a year. Yeah. So um, I did that course full time, and so did Matt. So we were lucky. I spent full three months with him basically to get to know him, and we ended up hanging out a lot. He ended up taking over to. HMA's Penguin, where he was based, and I met some of his mates and did a walk around while the boys were on course. And um, it just opened up my eyes to something that was just so completely foreign mm. to me. Like, this is something so new. Um, and there's these young guys running around. 
disciplined, structure, all the stuff that I was missing in my life. Yeah. And um, here's this unit that's all working together again. It's like another fleet team. It's yeah. like being exactly, yeah. yeah. And I was sure. like, this is great. I need to learn more about it. I need to know about it. Um, and this could be this could be a next career step for me if I so choose to pick it up. So um, I finished my I finished my PT course and I just I just studied. I just I made sure I did as much as I possibly could to get to know everything about uh, being a clearance diver. But also there were other roles I looked at as well, direct direct entry commandos, and so I really focused in on what was going to be best for me post service mm. because I think that's. That's a, a part of a lot of problem with you know a lot of guys that they get in there and they don't think about post service about where effectively no, your the career might take you. And exactly. I think uh, with the broad range of the skill sets that were um, that were allocated to the clearance diving branch, it was I, I was able to go well. Wow, I could I could stream off into an EOD area. I could go and do you know deep sea diving. Uh, I could potentially join a police force and be a part of one of their tactical assault groups. Mm. Um, there were all avenues of you know um moving into different areas post service so yeah just uh, to cut just to cut in there do you think that uh that thought process was given to you by that uh that that uh, rugby league trainer to think about because as you said like there's not many adf personnel out there that thought about their post career when they've joined up i can tell you for a fact i, I, didn't, even, do. I didn't even know <laughs> i didn't even know i was going to get outside during the infantry which is the stupidest thing because you, you get nothing out of it but do you think that trainer gave you that thought to think outside of you know if you did join the navy what could i do inside the navy to do outside in the in the real world when yeah. i get out yeah absolutely i mean that that, that- that was a real pivotal uh, fork in the road moment for me, having that discussion with that guy. It was yeah, right. What resonated with me so much because it just, um, I just didn't think about post football. You know, and it's the transition from being an athlete and post service is fairly identical. I mean, you come out, you lose identity. Yeah. You you lose you know, your mates that you were yep. with or you with and guys move to different clubs and whatever. And But if you've left that particular environment, you're taking yourself away from your support structure. You're taking yourself away from, you know, um, where you where you find your happiness because, you know, you're going to training, you this discipline, you've got to play games, you're competing. Uh, so it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I, was, I really, I, yeah, I've really used that as a, as, as something for me that it was, it was, it was definitely what I, what I kind of put in, put in place for myself when I was looking at the Navy and 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 I did that even when I was PT. And I thought, well, even post PT, I can go on and I can um, become an exercise physiologist. I can go to uni and I can do this sort of stuff. You know, and I still can and I still can do that. Um, but it was more about the navy was such a big animal. It was such a different sphere yeah. for me to go. God, this is just <laughs> incredible. And then I found out, oh, you can play sport in the navy. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking best. What? The- like, hang on, they play footy, like they play rugby league in Union. Yeah, like, yeah. what? Okay. This is, you know, and Matt was actually a really good footy player. He was a really, he played for the Navy Tridents and played for defense and stuff like that as well. So the more we spoke and the more it just made sense that this was probably something that was going to be, um, you know, a really good next step for me. So, um, yeah, so in well, probably 2008 when I was PT, um, I just, I just started training. I just started training like a demon. Mm. Like, I looked at, I looked at everything that they were doing because I lived in Manly. I used to go over and when I was PTing some of my clients down at Balmoral, I'd be oh. watching the baby divers getting pumped down at down at Balmoral Oval there. And I'm yeah. like, 
these are the guys that, you know, I'll be doing this if, if I join. I'm like, wow, this is cool. So, yeah. um, so I just started trying. I just started doing some out there stuff like, you know, and um, my weekends. And I look back at it now and just think to myself, what was it? Like, what was I doing? But it actually set me up. <laughs> um, actually set me up in the best way possible to, you know, get into the branch and, and you know, qualify and, and actually do the seat at and, yeah. and, and, and finish the course. So, so when yeah. when you were training, Sam, did you have any idea of what? Did they give you a training program, or at this stage you haven't been to see a DFR yet, a Defence Force Recruitment Agency? And you, you I just, had, I, I had gone out and met with DFR. Yeah. Um, spoke to an Air Force guy, so I was like, "What? Well, well, I don't want to join the Air Force." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to talk to I want to talk to Navy dog, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but. He, he was really good, actually, at, um, at the end. But uh, as you know, it takes a long time to join. Yeah. So, you know, they they found me suitable. Um, they gave me a date initially, and then they rang me up and they cancelled that date. And they said that they had some reason for it, so they cancelled me back six months. So I um, I was a bit dejected after that. I thought, oh, maybe this is not for me. You know, maybe I'll just go back to PTing and I'll just I'll just be comfortable doing that and that. And I thought, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to taper off my clients and I'm going to train like an animal and I'll join the Navy and I'll be, you know, I'll be at my peak when I go into the Navy, like when I join. So that's pretty much what I did. I, I reached out to, I read a book called Warrior Training by a guy called Keith Fennell. And um, and it's so funny. I listened to your previous podcast, uh, Dr. Dan Pronk, and, <laughs> and may I say, what an incredible podcast. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Tough to, tough to follow up. Tough, tough to follow up after that. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he actually spoke about Keith, and um, and he's an ex regiment guy. I think he's he was he was based in Wollongong, I think. But I read his book and I reached out to him, and I just sort of said, you know, I just asked him a few questions about training and everything else, and he was he was really good. He uh, answered a lot of stuff and um, gave me a lot of sort of support with my decision to join. And I was twenty six, sort of twenty seven, when I was about to enter the navy anyway. Yeah, so. Right. Um, I was a little bit older than anyone of the, the majority of my course when I when I eventually had my course. So, um, yeah, so I, I just I was doing some really strong. I was just doing some really hectic stuff, finning in Sydney Harbour at stupid o'clock at night uh, by myself. And you know, <laughs> were, were you really? <laughs> That's mental. Yeah, yeah. You're a fucking nut job. <laughs> not long after, not, not not long before Paul was taken in Sydney. Yeah, I, I was. Like I was over in Balmoral, in between Balmoral and, and the heads there, and I was fitting that, fitting in between the, and I thought to myself, gee, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul's attack was what, February 2009? Yes, Kat, that's right. So Paul's attack was Feb 2009, I think, by memory. Feb 2000, yeah, so yeah. I, joined, I joined at the end of 2009. So yeah. I was spending a lot of time doing, because for me, the, the biggest challenge for me was water. And and it might sound silly, but I was actually uh, I was I was I was pretty fearful of the water. Like I loved it, and I was surfed <laughs> and did all that. It was it was more about more about what's actually underneath there. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to get underwater. I'm going to have to get used to being uncomfortable underwater because, um, you know, nothing is nothing is ever going to challenge you more than you know being a CD underwater and doing the stuff some of the stuff that you do underwater. So I needed to be comfortable just on top of the water. Uh, to start with, and then move into being uncomfortable under it after. But um, yeah, there was there were there was some pretty hectic sessions there, but it definitely set me up, set me up really well. Yeah, so, yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> just to cut in, look at this stage too. The Australian Defence Force is in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in East Timor. Did time in the Solomons, and you know, 
who knows where else we were. We were everywhere. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that side of thing as well? You know, obviously you're going to join up to be a clearance dive. Did you think once you got in, you're going to be shipped away? Because we did have a clearance diver with us in Afghanistan, but he was EOD. Yeah. He was one of our one of our techs over there. So, you know, we there was they were deploying as well. So yeah, they were. Did you have any thoughts about that or did you just think you were just going to be a clearance diver and swim? Swim. No. <laughs> Finn. Like I knew exactly what I was signing up for. I knew that if you know if I was required to go overseas, then that was that was it. And and effectively, you know, that's what you're trying for. You're trying to uh, to to do the real jobs and to go overseas if that if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I knew that, but I also knew that um, with regards to, with, with regards to the branch, like we were we were sending EAD operators over there. We weren't sending divers over there. We yeah. were sending tag guys over there uh, as a part of the. Um, as a part of the boat patrolling over there with Somali pirates mm. and stuff. But in terms of the actual deep sea diving uh, element or the mine countermeasures guys, um, you know, they weren't deploying because there's no requirement for them yeah, over there. Yeah, of course, yeah. you know, so they had uh they had some really good other jobs up in, you know, Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea and you know, the mine countermeasures guys got some really good trips as well. Um the deep sea guys, we got to go up and do trips up to Hawaii and Rimpack and and those sorts of stuff yeah, as well. But um, yeah, look, but you knew you knew that there was always a, there was always an element there of possibly getting posted or you know getting sent off somewhere. And um, but I think I think you could safely say as a as a diver and, and not being an EOD tech that you you didn't have much chance of probably getting yeah. deployed out um, or to Iraq or somewhere like that. So it just it just didn't suit. Yeah, there was there of course so, of course so um so you uh you do all your training you decide to join up and then you go down to hms penguin hms penguin so i've been to penguin before That's we before surgery. we go any further sammy i was um i joined march 2009 i was 267 you would have been what 269 i was 26 yeah 269 wow. yeah. fuck we almost crossed swords almost. i mean paths <laughs> <laughs> just blowing whistles together <laughs> that's hectic <laughs> Uh, Rankin, I think it was. I was Waller. Waller Div. So they got four, four blocks there and it's like Rankin Waller. Wakey, wakey, wakey. Call the hands oh. <laughs> So, yeah, you go down to HMS. So is that where the basic training is? That's the basic training. So recruit school's uh, three months and then you would have did, what, four to five weeks basic seamanship? Yeah, so I did the seamanship, the category training down in uh, service as well, which is seamanship, bit of weapons. Yep, 50 cal. Um, yeah, 50 cal, there was something. How did you find all the training? Like, I suppose you had a bit of discipline from coming from the rugby league side of things as well, especially being within you know a feeder club. Yeah. And they're quite strict. Yeah. And I love my rugby league. Man, manly suck. The Broncos <laughs> rule. Oh, the Broncos. <laughs> but um, so I guess there's a lot of structure, with, as you said, within uh, physical discipline and you know eating right and all that type of stuff. How did you go transitioning into the military life where it's you know it's it's it's, it's very similar? But a bit more strict with clothing and appearance and all that type of stuff as well, and yeah, the you know the the berating all the time, you know, getting yelled at and stuff. How'd you how'd you find yeah, that? It took a bit of getting used to. I, I knew it was I knew it was going to happen. Like yeah, you know, it was always a part of it, and I just knew that it was a bit of you know biting your tongue type thing. But I mean, I, I was I, I think I was so focused on getting to where I wanted to get to that I kind of just. Uh, I was kind of just numb to it, to be honest. With you. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, yelling and screaming and the berating, and and uh, and and to be honest, with you, I took the opportunity in in my dorm to uh, try and mentor and try and be there for some of the young guys because I was twenty six, twenty seven, and yeah. I was in a room with nine, I was in a room with nineteen year olds. 
Yeah, true. I was fucking 17 when I joined. And we, yeah, I was fucking yeah. a pup. Yeah, right. <laughs> Some of these guys made their own bed before. So <laughs> it was nice to be able to, um, you know, to kind of, I guess, be a bit of a figure there to, yeah. you know, help them. That was nice, you know. And so I get it, though. You know, you'd come back and your room would be all messed up and everything. You know, you'd be sitting there ironing all night. You'd just be like, well, you know, I get it. You know, this is this is fine. It does. It, it didn't bother me. You know, uh, I knew where I wanted to go, where I wanted to get to, and uh, I was being trained, and we were able to do, you know, um, additional training in the pool and stuff with the PTIs in in uh, recruit school as well. So I was able to keep up uh, a good level of fitness and stuff as well. So uh, category training was a little bit different. We were obviously instructed by the bosuns down there. Yeah. Uh, Just to, you know, again, sorry like, to cut in. Category training is right, like so, the next step from yeah. So they call it cat school. So your category training is wherever you joined up as. So in the navy, our, our realm jobs are called categories. Okay. So, or how many other divers were in your intake as well, Sam? Um. So we had there was a total of uh, I think there was fourteen guys on Fuck in no. in in ranking. So. Okay. Yeah, there was about fourteen guys in Rankin, and uh, and then we met a, a bunch of a baby divers at HMAS Penguin when we went up to Penguin as well. So that's gotcha. what forms the majority of the next. Uh, well, that goes on to see that, and then what goes on to course. Yep. So um, there was fourteen of us. I think there were twelve that finished right. uh, at HMAS service. So two left. I think they left pretty early. Okay, and you know, normally you know. Normally, you know pretty early who will leave and yeah. who's going to sort of be around. So, and um, yeah. CDAT is a clearance diver acceptance test for everyone out there who's wondering what the word uh, yeah, oh, CDAT is. Yeah. So you do your five to six weeks of this category training and then you go – To Penguin. To Penguin. So yeah, what, what's what's that training? Is that, uh, the, is that the start of the clearance diver training? We've lost him. Yeah. Hello. Damn it, damn it, Sammy Peters. We've got to send another link, don't we? Yes. Ah, fuck. All right, let me just hit root. You got us, Sammy? Yeah, bro, sorry about that. Recording no, you're in right, progress. You're right. good. Um, um, where were so we? category training, Matt, is um, – no, no, hang on, Penguin, Penguin. No, Penguin. So, yeah, so you um, were starting your clear- – is that the clearance diver uh, training straight up? In saying that, you have to pass all that five to six weeks training prior in the category training. If you if you didn't yep. pass any of that training, were you redirected to like to be a bosun or something <laughs> shit like that? <laughs> what they do is they back they they'll back class you. They back class you basically. So you'll eventually. I guess you kind of just sit a bit dormant in uh, in HMA service for a while. If you like, if you failed. If you fail weapons, that the, the diving branch might be able to say, okay, well, we'll still take him, but he needs to go back after he does course gotcha, to go and do gotcha. the weapons component. Yeah. Um, but yeah, normally they're normally they're pretty good. If you're down there um, and you you'll need to complete, you basically need to complete what you need to do down there, and then the divers will take you up. So um, you, you kind of don't, you wouldn't want to go up there. At, and have failed your weapons and your seamanship, you just become uh, just become a target. Yeah. There, so, <laughs> oh. yeah, you you want to you want to make sure you pass everything pretty yeah pretty well up down there. So, and then it's about five months, and then they give you a date to make your way up to HMAS Penguin, and you post into HMAS Penguin. Yeah, where the where the course and stuff take, take takes place out of. So. Okay. Yep. 
And yeah, Penguin uh, is in a beautiful spot. Moscow. Yeah, I've, I, I have my surgery there. Oh, my shoulder. It's good. It's great. Was, uh, there is a rumor of uh, a nudist beach out there somewhere. There's, I think there's there's yeah. one below HMAS yeah, Watson, one near HMAS Penguin, and they're they're all in Navy bases, which is fucking bizarre. But anyway, <laughs> of, of course, there's only dudes there. <laughs> there is only dudes. Um, but Penguin. So when you first arrived, um, obviously, see that wasn't the next day. How many weeks or months were you waiting for that course to start? Um, so I got there in. I got there at the start of July. CDAT was uh, start basically the start of uh, August. Oh, so, so, so soon. Yeah, I had a winter, um, I had a winter CDAT Oof. and it was pretty nasty. So, but you know, it was, uh, it was, it was good. And like I said, that, that, a lot of that uh, training I did um, pre joining the Navy. And I think also a lot of the stuff that I'd learned with my rugby league as well um, sort of really put me in, in good stead for, the acceptance test. Yeah, so sure. it was, I mean, it was tough. It's arduous and it's, you know, there's nothing good about it. But uh, I think um, having the ability to build a bit of mental resilience doing some of the stuff I'd done before yeah. um, certainly helped in the long run, definitely. So how, so how long is that whole C, C, CDAT? CDAT. C-D-A-T. C-D-A-T. How long is that? Is it, so that's essentially like a reinforcement cycle of, uh, you know, yeah. being a clearance diver. So how, how long is that entire course? Yeah, it's like a compressed. It's like a compressed Rio. It goes for about twelve days. Oh, 12 days. Yeah, it goes for twelve days. So, that, like, I don't believe that that's that's now still in place. No, but it's it not, certainly Sam. was. When, it's, yeah, yeah, so when we we're in, so it's a twelve day. It was a twelve day uh, compressed Rio for us, and you know, it's all instructed. Like, it was just it was pretty much way to go. It's just it's full on. So, um, a lot of stuff, a, a lot of water based stuff. There was a lot of um, you know sort of canoe carrying and then you'd canoe, uh, you know, you'd canoe for hours and then you'd end up carrying that up a hill somewhere and then you eventually end up in pit water because pit water, we have an annex up in pit water where we conduct a lot of diving uh, work up there and oh, yeah. it's it's actually the best spot up there because it's you're just so far removed from uh, society, I guess, and you can really, um, you know, utilise the environment up there you know, up around uh, West Head, and which where where a lot of the sea that's conducted. So, okay. in yeah. the um, the ABC when they done the doco back in two thousand eight, was your sea that is that basically how it was up until a few years ago? I think now it's changed. So you guys run to Manly, or you get busted to Manly, then fin back to HMAS Penguin in the middle of the night. Yeah, they um they make I think they make subtle changes uh, depend each each year to it. You know, depending on who runs it and how they want to run it, yeah. and it can be. Uh, can be dependent on weather. Can be dependent on a lot of stuff. So I, I was lucky at the, at the very latest stages of my career with with the Navy. I did uh, about a year's instruction down with the with Penguin. So I got to I got to be a part of a couple of CDATs, which was such a good experience. Yeah. I got to sit on the other side as well as an instructor. So um, it was it was still done very similar, but there were subtle changes. And the uh, the normally the chief or the PO who ran the CDAT could make those changes dependent on what he thought may be of benefit or what, what might be harder or yeah, gotcha. taking away taking away um, sort of candidates recovery time um, by instead of you know, instead of walking to a particular thing that they could fin you know <laughs> making sure water and always always kind of yeah. working if you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it was really interesting. My one was uh, my one was really. I mean, they're all tough. Doesn't matter which one you do. They're, they're all tough in the winter. Is you know definitely a bit savage as well. Yeah, so definitely. spending time on the water and you know, but the, I guess the good thing about winter is you can you do warm up 
whereas probably in the summer is a lot harder to probably cool down, you know, um, with your wetsuit and stuff on because you've all got to dress the same. And, yeah, you know, right. uh, Yeah, so, but um, still to this day I, I tell people, I told my good friend yesterday when he asked the question what the worst thing was about doing that particular course and it was uh, speed dressing for me. I hated it. What was it? Speed dressing. Speed, speed, speed dressing. Speed dressing. What's that? Just getting dressed so you got three three separate um three separate types of dress. So it'd be like uh your wetsuit would be one, your wetsuit gear. Yeah. <clears throat> then you'd be your PT gear, and then there'd be your activity gear. So it'd be like overalls and your boots and your webbing oh, gotcha. and that sort of stuff. They were your three uh issued um kits basically. And they would give you one minute to go from one to the other. Yeah. So it'd be, uh, you could be on a, you could be on, you could be on a beach uh, in your wetsuit gear, you know, getting crumb chicken on the beach for hours upon hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you, and then you, you know, stand up and get told you've got one minute to be in your PT gear, and it's just like, and you know that's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and they do it for they do it for hours. Yeah. So you know, um, you can just imagine, like you know, you're covered in sand. Um, you know, rashing, chafing, and just going from one piece of clothing to another into a wetsuit, back out of a wetsuit, into your webbing, into this, into this, and it's just going on, 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 on. And it's just, it was, it's not, it's not hard, but it's an evolution and it's yeah. a learning. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it's more about uh, that. That was probably the one that I was just like, I don't get this one, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't get it. But you know, um, I guess I kind of. Taught you a bit of patience, I guess. You know, working as a team, yeah. dressing, how they helping dressing each other and stuff. So when you yeah. joined Sam, obviously you're you're quite fit. Did you find the actual like the running and the cardio side quite hard, or were you sort of like the grey man still, or did you have guys in your class that were just absolute animals? I just blitzed everything. Yeah, it's it's funny. We had um, we had um, guys on the course that did really really well. Like you can always tell, you know who who does well. You get to sort of day four, five, and six, and you can tell the guys that really you know tape you know taper off, and the guys that really excel and push on. And mm. I guess that's why they look at is who the guys are that um, that are strong that will help out the guys that are you know, quite struggling and mm. may have an injury or something like that. I. Uh, I just looked at I looked at the seat at as, as a as a preseason for me. That's how I looked yeah. at it because mm-hmm. preseason training, if you've ever done one, um, is horrific. It's horrible. It's you know, it's, you know training in November, December, January, February, and um, you know, every preseason I've done in when I was playing rugby league was never fun, and it was very very similar. Like it was that's how I that's how I used to wake up and think, okay, I've got another day of this today. Yeah, and uh, the, the the running and stuff. Was yeah, the running stuff was fine for me. I, I, like it was just about it was just a grind. You just don't stop. You just make sure you're you know running with your boys and you're running with your team and you're not sort of separating yourself and you know being an individual. I don't yeah. want to see that. So yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a nice. Very nice morning when they said that it was all over. But I bet it was. Yeah, yeah, right. So that 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 run for about twelve days, and then from yep. there, what's the what's the next step? So you're like, yeah, we passed type thing, or is there, is there a ceremony? Yeah. So what happens is, is pretty much that morning that you finish up, you uh, you basically sit uh, in front of a board. Um, you sit in front of um, three or four, the, the, all the hierarchy, the OIC and the PTI and all the instructors, and they basically debrief. You'll see that. So uh, just because you finish, you're not necessarily considered mm. past. So um, you get given a grade, you get given an A class or a B class pass, 
or you get given a fail. Um, and if you get given an A-class pass, that means that you make up um, one of the numbers that will go on the next course. So if you have a B-class pass, then you'll be put on the course, which is, um, you know, later down the track. Okay. So um, there were, I think there was about four or five of us that, you know, they got A-class passes. So I was really lucky. I got an A-class pass and I was able to go on the next course, awesome. which was which was good. So I, I managed to go straight on the course in September um, and we did, uh, I think our first one was Scuba Air. Scuba Air was our first um, instruction. So, yeah. Yeah, and how yeah. long is the actual training? Is it nearly a year, isn't it? It's about 40, it's about 50 weeks. Yeah. Fucking cool. 49 weeks all up. Like with, with all the additional stuff that you do, um, Apart from the the main players, which is EOD, uh, MCM, the UB uh, underwater battle damage, and then you've got um, mine, uh, you've got maritime tactical operations, and then you've got a few other little ones like just little okay. horses and stuff like that that you'll do as well, plus scuba air. Um, so it ends up being it ends up being nearly a whole year by the time you by the time you're done with it. So yeah, and you right. do get a week or two break in between each sort of uh, in between each course as well. So, wow. yeah. Can you take us through the steps of the training? Like, so what, there's six categories or five categories of what training? Yeah. Yep. So the, I'll just take you through what I, what my yep. one was. So I did spare first. That's basically learning the absolute very basic fundamentals of, of just being a diver. Is that so ship's diver? That's ship's diver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, you know, learning learning about tables and decompression, and um, you know the very basics about being a diver. So, yeah. you know, the, 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 you know, they learn a bit about you know night diving and navigation, and you know, um, there is a bit of a science behind it all. So, you know, there's there's obviously study involved in, in lots of stuff. But there's a lot of diving. Well, 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 well. um, as you, I think you've done ship's diver. Haven't yeah, you? I did ship's diver. Uh, January 2011, it was Australia Day when we did it. I had Paul de Gelder, um, he was my instructor, and I had, mm-hmm. I can't remember the two other dudes, but um, when Paul rocked up, he just pumped out chin ups with his little hook attachment for his hand, and everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. Holy it's like, fuck, yeah, it's like a black beard looks. And like, he, he was fit, man, like, um, he, he kept yeah. up with us, you know, he was a fit, motherfucker. yeah, he still is today. Yeah, I just- I, I had him I had him on my um, ship's diver as well, and I remember him um, like I remember him sticking his hand up, and he'd be like, "Right, boys, what are we doing? Chins or are we doing push-ups? Because yes. I need to change the the end <laughs> on my because he used to have this little bulb for push-ups, you know yeah. that uh, he you know twist it off and right, oh, push-ups it is. So and his push-ups were horrible, you know. His push-ups had you know you, you could do five with him and they'd go for three hours, It'd be horrible. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, but that was the start. It was the start of instruction, proper instruction for us. And um, yeah, it was it was a it was a good um, it was a good learning curve straight into the diving. So um, you know, the first couple of nights you're learning about you know taking your mask off and being underwater and you know yeah. all that sort of stuff. So for the guys that hadn't done a lot of diving before, including myself, all that stuff was even you know a challenge in itself because it takes a lot of um takes a lot of time to kind of get used to being underwater and sticking things in your face and clearing things and putting things in your mouth and um you know so it was it was a it was a really good sort of start uh start of the course before the next i think we did eod eod was next uh which we went up into the blue mountains for and also singleton we went to Singleton and did a bit of work in Singleton with it as well. They've got a big Dems range out there. Yeah, so, cool. yeah right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. In in regards to the EOD stuff, does that, that obviously covers a lot of the 
sea mines as well. Do you know? You know? Did you go through all that type of stuff that's getting used? Limpet you know, mines. This, yep. other shows? I wouldn't have a clue, but yeah, I've yeah. just seen them on movies. Sea Patrol. Sea Patrol. <laughs> seen them on Sea Patrol. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, they take you. They take you through all the different, you know, all the different projectiles and all the sort of toxic mines and limpet mines and all the stuff that you would sort of encounter. Um, it's there's a lot to take in. Like that is a that was that is a forever evolving. Uh, yeah, space that one, yeah. and uh, you know, my <clears throat> I don't know, I, I I have full respect for the techs and stuff like that that go and do what they do because, um, you know, they find stuff over in you know Afghan and Iraq and stuff that bloody Russians left there, and it's just some of the stuff's so complex and incredible. Yeah, like, and then they disarm them like, fuck you, yeah, you and they, yeah and it's like, oh, that's okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all good, <laughs> you know, so. But it was that was a really good that was a really good input. We went to Triangle Island up in uh, up at Shoalwater Bay as well. You do two weeks up there, um, and that's 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 a lot of fun. Like you just you basically just have tons and tons of ordnance that's just dropped off, and okay. you guys are just you know playing with you know going out and doing cereals, you know making sure that it's all prepped and primed, and then you you go through a cereal and making sure that you've cut the deck cord correctly. You know, because you've got a countdown on for when that's going to blow up. So everyone's in the bunker and you've got a countdown going on. You're thinking, God, I hope I got the timing right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, that was really cool up there. Obviously, you know, Shoalwater Bay is, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, marine life up in Shoalwater mm. Bay as well. So, you know, there's a couple of times where, you know, diving operations would be sort of called off for a bit because of, there's a big tiger shark scene somewhere at the back or, oh, wow. you know. But the tide, the tides out there were insane. So if you haven't been to try and go on before, like we used to do uh, a lot of work out in the mud flats, the the tide would go out, it would go out so far, and then the, and then obviously that presents an opportunity for the instructors to PT us in the mud as well. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was always fun, you know the uh, the mud PT. But uh, that was you know it was great. It was just it was all it was just all. Uh, like it was all learning and understanding how it all comes together, especially being underwater with it. So you can yeah. um, obviously understanding the complexities of, you know, arming and disarming on land, but also doing underwater whilst you're dealing with current, you know, marine life, um, you know, water conditions, visibility, um, making sure that you've actually got all the right stuff on you. Um, and also being really careful with priming this, priming all your projectiles that you're yeah. about to blow up yeah. and make sure you got your timings right. And so, yeah, it was uh, it was a really it was a really good phase. That um, Triangle Island is is uh, very remote, so you know oh. there's, you've, you've got someone that you've got someone that that still has to burn the shit, you know, in the in the forty four gallon drums at the yeah. night time. That's one of the duties <laughs> of the. Of, oh. oh, it's horrible. Yeah, so that's uh, all part of it. It's good, you know. Exactly. It was all experience. How yeah. did, how did you find night diving in uh, the harbour? Because when we did what night divings Tuesdays and Thursdays down at Penguin, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, and we only did it briefly. I remember diving one time. We were still down the bottom at Chinaman's Beach to like nearly one a.m. and it was like Tuesday yep. night, Wednesday morning now. And um, and you guys, and at the same time, one of the sea that classes were doing their underwater re- rebreather with like the compass. Yeah, can you take yep. take us through that as well? Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah. It's, I guess it's one of the things you got to get comfortable really quickly is. Uh, you know, diving at night and uh, navving and understanding where, where you're sort of where you're sort of going and direction wise, and also um, you know having an understanding of your depth as well whilst you're uh, diving. So if you're diving in the the maritime tactical operations space, you know you can't. That's a pure oxygen rebreather, which doesn't which won't produce bubbles out of the set. It's a tactical set, 
um, you know, so you can't be seen when you're diving underwater. So the the the, uh, the oxygen just loops around a system. Um, so, you know, you're not supposed to go past 10 metres of that because the, the oxygen in your system changes uh, once you, you know, go past sort of 10 metres and it can oh, be yeah. dangerous. And So, you know, you've got to monitor even things like that even uh, whilst you're, you know, um, conducting a, a compass run or wherever you're headed. So yeah. there's a lot of factors. And then also you've got, I think, up around pit water, um, you know, you were dealing with, you know, boats that are moored so you got moorings and <laughs> all sorts of stuff and they, they would throw all sorts of complex stuff at you to to uh stuff you up and and they did and it was great because it would it would show you know um some resilience underwater sometimes because obviously if, you're, if i'm diving in a, in a force dive which might be eight guys next to me and i've yeah. got the compass and i'm directing my team onto a onto an area um that eighth guy is probably you know five meters away from me and if it's dark, I can't see him. I can't even see the guy next to me. So everyone's got to be on the same page. And, you know, if there's a mooring right in the middle of everything and no one sees it, then, you know, <laughs> that effectively stuffs things up very, very, very quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and who's the divers that, that are going to sort of work their way around? And, you know, when you can't see each other too, it's just it's quite incredible. So you do have signals underwater that you do communicate with, but they kind of go out the door when uh, – when you have uh, that, that sort of stuff happen underwater, it's more about you, you, you normally hear a lot of yelling and screaming through your set. Yeah. So muffled, <laughs> muffled yelling and screaming. <laughs> Did you ever uh, encounter anything under the water, as in uh, sharks or it is Sydney Harbour, so dead bodies and I don't know. Coles trolleys. <laughs> yeah, Coles trolleys and Red Bull tables. <laughs> I, uh, we, uh, I mean, diving, diving at night, uh, you – you have a sixth sense sometimes at night. Some nights you're underwater. Oh, some nights you're underwater and you're like, oh, this is the best dive. I feel good. Yeah. You know, everything's going smoothly. Great. And I don't care what time it is. Don't care what's around me. I just I feel great about the dive. Not, not, not concerned. Other, dives, other nights you get in the water and you just go, nah. I'm just feeling this yeah. don't This does not feel good today. This is, there's something, you know, and, you, and you'd be constantly like on edge about, you know, seeing things. And so, I mean, you know, I, I have no doubt that, you know, with the amount of diving that we did up around pit water, um, that he would have been in close proximity, you know, to uh, to probably to sharks, bull sharks probably mainly up around pit water. Yeah, um, for sure. But we never saw them. Um, I did see some sharks down in Jervis Bay. I mean, that, that place is yeah, shark heaven down there. It is. A lot of stuff, did a lot of work down there. And you'd see some sharks that come in, sort of big hammerhead down there once, that sort of came in, had a look, and then kind of ducked off and um, – yeah, like uh, there was – I saw a lot of sharks out at Paul's Pyramid when we did a stop off at uh, Lord Howe Island on the way back from New Zealand. That was pretty – that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, I just – I think that the night stuff was – the night stuff was good. I think it was just some of those nights where you're just like, oh, God, this doesn't feel good. I remember doing a dive around there near um, the fish markets. Oh, we yeah. We did a dive like around. Yeah. And I was like, come on. Yeah. Like, what? All the stuff had done you know, in the water there too. And, the yeah. water around there is like soup. Like you can't, you can't it's even, like you can't see anything. You can't even see your watch, you know, to see what yeah, direction okay. you are. It was just, yeah, you're just like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, you finished all like, your clearance diver training, you pass out, which is probably the happiest day of your life beside your daughter being born. Um, yeah. What, hap- what happens then? Um, you obviously, you obviously get notified if you're going to, if you're going to a, a mine hunter, mm-hmm. you're going to Waterhand, you're going to the West. Yep. Yep. So, um, you finish all the different. That's right. You finish all the categories. Um, you have to complete all the categories in the 
in the training under, under, under instruction. So you have to pass all those. Yep. Um, and then once you're signed out, um, you then get your posting. So um, <clears throat> my first posting was uh, to HMAS Hewan. And um, I, like, unfortunately for me, as soon as I post on that boat, I had uh, some residual uh, issues from a knee injury from the course and I needed surgery. So I, I posted onto the boat and as quick as I posted on, I was uh, I was under under the knife and then they took off for a trip. So I, I pretty much posted into uh, HMAS Waterhen for about oh, maybe, maybe a month, sort of just doing, uh, you know, menial duties around Waterhen uh, whilst I was recovering. Uh, and then I went over and spoke to the warrant officer of the team um, and he was just like, Mate, let's get you back over here. So, yeah, and then um, and then I joined the underwater battle damage repair unit. So they were the, that's the big helmet divers. That was my first big element that I worked in. Yeah, cool. And um, it was probably the it was probably my my best my best years in the diving branch with those guys. There were there were a bunch of mature you know guys that had been diving for a long time and they knew the ropes. And the chief was the chief was such a good guy. Um, and he was just so focused on work. Like we were just always diving. We were always out doing something. We was always uh, providing jobs for us. And so you just got so much dive time up. And we did it. We just, I loved it. Yeah, you know, it was just so cool. And, and all the guys were just, we, you know, got, got along really well. So that's why we, we went out, We went down to Jervis Bay a lot and did heaps of trips together. And the majority of those guys that I served within that first three years, you know, they're, they're still like my best mates yeah. even sort of today. So, yeah, cool. yeah. Um, when you finish that, uh, that all that training, all those categories, do you, you know, obviously most, you know, commandos get a beret, SAS get a beret, SEALs get a badge. You know, what, 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 what do the clearance divers get? Do you get a, a hat or a snorkel? Yeah, um, you get a watch, you get the, you? a snorkel. You get the, you get the coveted dive helmet with the C yeah. underneath it as your patch. Yeah, right. So, as a postal oh, ship's weird. diver has it on their right cuff with just a little patch. And, we'll have to Google it. And anyway, on by the Anzac Day, uh, when I was still in uniform, you know, a few divers were just like, fucking hell, Shane, you know. You walk, <laughs> you got the like, little, little, little patch on like yeah. your wrist. <laughs> Did you guys get a get a, a, a watch, like a Seiko dive watch? Uh, we got, yeah, they were issued uh, Sunto dive watches that we got, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that remember- was, I mean, that was probably- that were good to have. Um, I I ran I ran my swim watch for the whole time I uh, I was in. So there are other guys that use other you know brands and stuff. But I found it I found it to be um, I found it really really good. So that was our issued that was our issued watches. Um, some of the guys used to put all their bling on it and their dive yes. badges and I was just O-rings about to say that. Yeah, Dan, it up a bit. Dan Harris <laughs> had you know you know Dan Harris handsome Harris yeah. He has a yeah. Casio uh, Seiko dive watch with the um, diving bell on the back, and on the front has has like O rings on it from what like, the seals or sets. And he's just and he just froths it, man. Every like Navy rugby trip, he had it just flashing around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, damn, come on, mate. But yeah, he fucking loves it. But um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the boys did it. We all did it. We all had, we all put yeah. our we all put our uh, our little divers on there and our O-rings on it. And I mean, look, the O-rings there serve a purpose as well. So when you're underwater, you know, you always you won't scratch or dent the face. You know, it'll always bounce off the O-ring. That's that's basically uh, yeah. the yeah the thing behind that. So, but uh, bit of a yeah, diver look, thing there, Maddie. Yep, that was that's that's pretty much what we got. Cochrane. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? No, 
Yeah, sort of. It can, can be. <laughs> yeah, it can of be course, one. of course. Um, so no. you're at the team. Team one for fun. Team four for war. Yep, team one for fun. Um, and posted there with those with the boys from UBR. I was there for three years, so that was really good. Um, and then at the end of that end of that phase, I got uh, reposted back out onto uh, HMAS Hewan. Yep. So I served back on Hewan for I was about a year. I served on Hewan. We did some trips and went down to New Zealand and uh, you know participated in a bit of big exercise down there. Yeah, cool. Um, came back up and spent some time off uh, Lord Howe Island, and um, but, you know it was good. Um, I, I learned I learned a little bit on the ship. You know, I think um, the, the mine hunters are you know they're obviously quite old, and you know it's some of the stuff's a bit Neanderthal on those boats still. Okay, um, but uh, you know <clears throat> I kind of had I kind of had a bit of an ambition, obviously to to keep testing myself to keep pushing myself and I wanted to I wanted to get out and try at try myself out at tag and, and see if I could uh, if I could get firstly just get in out there and then uh, see how I went with uh, uh, with uh, being a part of the unit out there so um, I put my applications in while I was on the boat and um, yeah managed to get out there and 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 do the do the testing out there and and got in and and managed to get there on, on the course. So, what is the testing like for tag? Um, so, as a diver, you do like a it's like a small barrier test that you do. Uh, one of the one of the one of the tests is a um, the worst I've ever done. It's uh, the I think it's fifteen. I think it's fifteen minutes, and you got to do a eight kilo weighted um, uh, webbing run for I think it's two point four. Might be a little bit further than two point four. Three point two. Three point two. It's just it's like a sprint, and yeah. it's just hot. Oh, it's, wow. it's horrible. And uh, I'm already a dollar as it is, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and then I got to, you know, put another eight kilos on me to run that around. It was just, it was, uh, it was pretty bad. So I remember, I remember finishing that and going like, that was probably the worst thing I think I've ever done. Like that, that would just gas me, you know. Yeah. So by the time I hit, by, like, by the time I hit any of the t- the training and stuff out for tag, I was sort of looking at 30, 31 years of age. So I was uh, mature getting out there as as a part as opposed to some of the other guys that were on course with me as well. A lot of young fellas, you know, sort of mid to late twenties and stuff. So yeah. Uh, that was probably, you know, the high tempo workload out there. I was I was definitely feeling the feeling the pinch mm. uh with the with um with the workload and with the training and how they ran things and it was uh, it was an experience, but man, it was it was full on. So, can you um, yeah. just just for the listeners that don't know what Tag East is, can you just run on exactly what that is? Yep. So, Tag East is the uh, domestic counter counterterrorism capability, the military component of it, which uh, uh, is, I guess, that looks after the east coast of Australia. So, that is a combination of uh, Navy clearance divers and Army two regiment commandos. Um, that uh, make up that unit, uh, and then they have Tag West as well, which is the regiment that um, basically look after the the coastline on the west. Yeah, so, which is predominantly yeah. filled with the SAS. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's all the regiment guys over of there. Course. So they've got their own diving capability, so they don't need CDs. Um, so yeah, look, the, it was it was uh, it was definitely an experience and a, and a whole new world that uh, the SF world out there with with Tag East. You know, so. Um, I loved all the training. Um, you know, it was a whole new animal for me. Um, you know, the the amount of uh, it was like doing another course again, which is pretty much what we did. You know, it was mm. uh, SF roping. Um, um, there was uh, what was it? There was um, there was the roping component. There was MOE, which is a method of entry training. Um, weapons. 
and he did stuff on the helis. He did. No, it was just. It was just endless. You yeah. Know? It was just. Yeah. Com- oh yeah. After trying, after trying, and it was. Uh, and you're still under instruction, so you're still getting PT, and um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. There were some days where I was like, man. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing out here? But then I was like, the bigger picture is that, you know, I, I wanted to be out there and be a part of that unit um, uh, to keep pushing myself and, you know, to get the qualification out there so I could be a part of that unit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously they get you guys, the clearance divers, on just to add to their capability as well. So obviously they could try the land and, you know, for whatever reason, there's a, a boat under hostage. Well, they, they do a lot of, they do a lot yeah. of that, um, yeah. So you guys are obviously uh, cruising. So anyone in Sydney, if you see the big massive ribs around the harbour, that is tag, not the navy, correct? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, huge yeah. ribs. So that like, boat crew, that probably yeah. carrying carrying a bunch of um, two commando guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, even the boat guys, those boat guys are, are incredible, and the heli, the heli um, pilots and stuff like that that we that we worked with. I mean, you know, they just worked on a on a different level, and it was just it was so impressive, like just the professionalism and how it was done and uh, the speed at which it was done, um, it was, uh, yeah, you could just tell it was just another step above everything else that you were doing with regards to the sharpness of it. And, you know, um, I'll never forget that one of the first exercises I did, um, it was, a, in, in a, it was on a car park in, uh, out West Sydney somewhere. And it was, a it was just a, <laughs> a, 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 a basic assault. And we, we caught the helis out there and we fast rode down on top of it. And it was just the, the way that the, this pilot manned this helicopter. I just thought, wow, this is, yeah, the, this, this is insane. Like, incredible. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's so, sort of cool. So how long did you, uh, obviously you're posted to uh, Holsworthy at that stage as well, because that's where they're located. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long did you spend in uh, Tag East? So I was at, at TAG for around about a year. Yep. Um, I had some I had some complications out there to the latter stage of the, of, of uh, my time out there with injury. Um, you know, I had a, I had a, that my my reoccurring knee injury just it was just really hampering my time out there. And I also helped hurt my elbow fast roping. Um, you know, popping the ulnar nerve um, really badly once, and it was just it just seemed like at that stage it was just one thing after another after another after another. And I think, um, you know, I sat down one night with my family and I was just speaking about what was happening out there. And even my mum said, my mum said, look, you, you, it seems like you may be losing the enjoyment, you know. And she goes, I know you're injured and stuff. And I said, look, I just, I love the work, but it's just, I feel like every time I get momentum with the work, um, something's stopping, something's happening. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, you know, my knee breaks down and I feel like I'm letting the team, the team out there down. I think that was the biggest thing for me is, you know, I've always, prided myself on being a, a, a team player and and uh, when you know when you've got to you know sit back in a position and watch your team go out and do things you know it becomes a bit becomes a bit heartbreaking to, to continue to sit there and watch yeah. it so um, after about a year I made the decision to um, to uh, voluntarily move back to the dive school mm-hmm. and uh, and um, I took up a position at the dive school as a an instructor with the maritime tactical operations um element there so that's how i finished my career up with with uh with the navy yeah, after well, spending a what, there, year, yeah. what year was that that was uh 2015 and i i exited navy early 2016 oh shit yeah wow not too long ago. yeah not too long ago yeah. um were you over in tag with uh the late max gun or were you over there with uh ben at any any time these people still aren't in are they 
I think Ben's. Uh, Maxi. We'll have to cut that Maxi's out. Maxi's not. Yeah. Uh, I was over there with. Yeah, I was there with Maxi. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, Maxi's okay. not with us anymore. No, Maxi's not with us anymore, unfortunately. Um, that's. Uh, yeah, it's a devastating uh, loss that one for us. I mean, he was a uh, he was a good guy, and as you know, obviously playing rugby with him yeah. as well. He was, a, he was a beast. He was a fucking weapon. <laughs> yeah, good guy, and uh, yeah, he was out there. He he he'd left obviously for a few years and come back in, and um, you know, reestablished himself out there at Tag, and you know, he was he was great at what he did, and uh, you know, um, Ben he. Sorry, hang on, Pony. Uh, Sammy, we'll have to cut that out because uh, I think is, Ben. Is he still in? Is he? Ben's a, Ben's a chief now. I don't think he's in tag, but um, we'll just we'll, we'll beep that out. We'll oh, cut, okay. cut his yeah, name. So out, yeah, so I just remembered then. Um, so, all right. All right, uh, so you get out of the navy, twenty sixteen. Yep. Yep. Um, so twenty sixteen, you're out of the navy, or did you uh, med discharge, or was this a clean discharge? Med discharge. Med discharge. Oh yeah. Awesome. Okay. DVA pay. Yeah. <laughs> med discharge in sixteen. I didn't even. I didn't even know anything about any anything about help yeah. or, or. I mean, the transition process from defence to that stage was abysmal. Yeah, I had no idea about it. So yeah. I, uh, I, I I effectively left and and tried to find uh, a job straight away out of defence. I found um, I found another gov- a government agency to go to. Um, who I'm still currently with at the moment. I won't identify them to, yeah. uh, because they get a bit antsy and pantsy about being named on podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I'm currently still uh, I'm currently still employed by them at the moment. Yep. Um, I have been employed by them since uh, since 2016. Yep. So uh, my initial role there was uh, to basically protect the integrity of the Australian border. Out of, out of the maritime area. Oh, fair cool. Roger, Roger, Roger. <laughs> uh, we gotcha. We gotcha. I, I, I did that. Uh, I did that role for uh, about a year and a half, and it just wasn't sort of serving me. Mm. It was. Uh, I, I kind of. I remember. I remember the first time I went out and uh, uh, conducted a run, and I stood on the back of the boat, and I thought to myself. Have I made the right choice, career choice? Yeah, I feel like I'm back in the navy back again. again. Yeah, yeah, it was, gotcha. it was it was kind of different, but it wasn't different. Yeah, and uh, you know, I kind of I kind of thought, well, at least I've at least I've got a job, and at least I'm I'm working, and you know, but you know, I thought, oh, I'll just I'll stick it out and see how I go. So I made a um, I made a decision after about a year and a half to to kind of start moving away from that space, and I started to make some. Um, applications in other areas and and then unfortunately I re-injured my knee so I had surgery which means I came out of that unit anyway um and I got placed at a at a at a place on the Gold Coast um where I've been where I've been ever since and I've uh, I've actually managed to make some incredible contacts and friends with uh with with people down there and uh and you know done some incredible work as well um and uh, you know, in in a, in a lot of different spaces. So I think that's kind of opened up my eyes to, um, you know, not just being in a maritime space, but you know, working around working around things like you know, child exploitation and fraud and money yeah, laundering. Right, yeah. and that's exciting. Things which just put you out of your completely out of your comfort zone about what you're dealing with. You yeah. know. Um, so, but uh, yeah, look, that's been that's been a uh, that's been a, a challenge in itself to really sort of hone in on some of the skills there. And um, and then yeah, June June last year, um, I needed surgery again on the same knee. So wow, fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had I've had four surgeries now on the left knee. So it's um, it's yeah, one of those things. It's just, it's just management, unfortunately. And 
I've had to take. Uh, I took a year off. I took a year's leave work from from work, so I could actually now properly take some time for myself to recover. And um, you know, I've got I've got a I've got a two year old daughter as well, and I spend a great deal of time with her now. And yeah, yeah, I nice. think you know when when you kind of step away from it all, you realise pretty quickly, you know, perspective wise, what's more important. And exactly, you know, I love the work and I love the people I work with and everything else. But it's been uh, it's been something for me that I should have, you know, I should have done a long time ago, probably post-defence. I probably should have taken the year uh, just to move away from that space and, mm, you know, um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've had great experiences and, and, uh, and you know, the, the, um, the place of work has been, you know, the place of work has been a good support down the Gold Coast for me and so yeah, cool. yeah. I'm enjoying, it's a nice enjoying spot being, being a dad at the moment. So yeah, it's really yeah. good. Uh, well, it could be a worse place. Like the Gold Coast is pretty cool. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's fucking <laughs> sick. It's awesome. Cavill Avenue. Yeah, Cavill Avenue. It's been a bit of time there growing Shoes, up. baby. <laughs> um, so Sammy and I met, backtracks to the Navy, we met uh, at a Navy rugby camp in 2014, I'm going to say. Sammy, that's when we beat Army. Go Navy, you beat Army. Hoorah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you arrived in a ute with uh, Benny Taruva, the old Fijian flyer. And yep. um and yep. I didn't know anything about you at the stage, but they're like, yeah, he's just a league player coming through. And uh, seeing, seeing you play was like first graders compared to like quadriplegics. He was just like just <laughs> dancing through the field. Like I'm not even kidding. Like he was fucking just like, yeah, right. Like he was. You were a fucking good player. It was it was hectic. It was sick. And that was the same year that Max Max Gum was there, and he was like a father figure to the whole whole team. He was like yeah. late thirties playing prop, which is yeah, fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he was great, man. And you know what? That was that was um, the last footy game that I played. What? Wow. Yeah. So I no, I no league at all. On, I didn't strap on the boots after 2014. I haven't played any footy after that. I that was that was the one thing I wanted to do in service. And look, to be honest with you, I had a great, I had a really really good run in service sport. Like I represented the the Navy in league, the defence in league. No, at the Navy in, in rugby and defence in rugby, and I got some great trips out of them. Um, I met some great guys, um, and I love I loved that fact as well that I could meet, you know, guys from inter-services and, you know, um, and also um, in the Navy as well because the clearance divers are so uh, – they're so in their own wall mm. over in, in the teams and stuff that they don't really they, – they kind of don't really – associate with a lot of the fleet. And I actually really love the fact that, you know, Navy sport and ru- especially the rugby with, you know, guys like yeah, Cordo and Tate, um, Harrow and those guys. I mean, you know, it was just there were a bunch of guys that I, I really missed that uh sense of camaraderie with it was it was a it was a footy team, you know? Yeah. I was back again, I was back playing footy, I was back around the boys, yeah. we're joking around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, I was uh, <laughs> chatting to uh, Benny today. I just said, hey, I've got uh, Sammy coming on today for a podcast. Do you have anything funny about him? He's like, ask him about uh, Colchester and his love life o- over there when you went over to England. Oh, oh. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, yeah, that's that's rich. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Colchester, that was, uh, that was our rugby. We did the Rugby League World Cup. Um, for defence, so we went over there and um, uh, as part of the Australian team, and we played uh, the UK, England. Uh, sorry, the UK, New Zealand, and Serbia. That, that was basically the World Cup, which was Serbia. Uh, a bit sad because we, we they initially had I think I, I think they initially had ten teams, which would have been great, but 
I mean, Serbia was a Serbia was a walk in the park. New Zealand was pretty tough, <laughs> and um, we, we I think we beat Serbia one hundred and twenty nil or something. How was the how was the UK team? Because their their rugby team is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, look, um, their league team. They'd gone into camp for months and months, no drinking, no nothing. Like they were, it was like a professional camp. Sounds boring. To, to for the, yeah, it was like. And, and they were actually they were actually fighting in in, in between themselves because of it all because they weren't having fun. Yeah, you know, and the coach was so hell bent on trying to beat us that we went over there and mate, we were literally out every night. You know, in Colchester, having a great time. You know, on the beers and yeah. mucking around. And you know, we you know, and we we beat them. You know, we beat them. You know, um, in the game that we managed to play them, and we, and I just thought to myself, like, you guys have spent so much time and effort, um, <laughs> and then they got beaten by New Zealand, and then and and then we ended up playing New Zealand in the final over there. How so, embarrassing! How, yeah, exactly. So we went out after the England game. We went down to Essex somewhere, I think, and um, and some of the guys were on our train down there. So we got chatting to them. And they were like, "Oh, you know, it was the worst camp ever," and. You know, the coach was so focused on just beating you guys and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it just, took, it just took all the fun out of the, yeah, right. out of the camp, you know. You can't have that. You can't no. have that, the boys. Um, so, mate, I was, in a room, I was in a room with Benny Taruva and, and Damien Rex yep. as well. On a Rex, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Rex, one of my best mates, you know, um, he, he was just – he was phenomenal on the tour and, uh, you know um, – Absolute tragedy as well, losing Rexy um, all those years ago as well. But uh, I, I had to hold, I had to hold Benny back. I mean, <laughs> Benny was that. Benny was an animal over there. I, uh, you know, he just he used to he used to dominate this place called the Slug and Lettuce. And I'd be like, mate, you, you need to actually come home to sleep before you know, training. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Yeah, Fijian Flyer or Benny Taruva, he's, he's not bad. So Fuck. yeah, he's. Uh, we had a good time over there. I think we spent, I think we spent over a month. Like, I mean, I'm, and you know, I'm, I'm sitting there going, I'm in, I'm in defence. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm playing footy. I'm playing footy. I'm, I'm over playing footy. And then when I, when I came back from there, I think I, uh, I, I went into camp not long after with the Navy, Navy, Navy rugby. rugby. That's what Matt and I was saying the other day. Like, how good's defence throughout the world? Like, you get trained to do something, mm-hmm. or you get to do sport, especially like the Navy. You get to travel to get you get basically getting paid to travel. But with defence sport. It's like you like Navy rugby yeah, yeah. exactly. You take like six seven weeks off work. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. So it's I loved um, I loved uh, the hierarchy around the rugby. The rugby was great. I mean, every time yeah. an applicant like you know you would uh, apply to play for Navy rugby because you know a, a signal would come out and you'd be like, "Yep, I'm going to play." Yeah, you have to email the CO and all that sort of stuff. So I do this. I do it every time. CO would send it back down negative. You're not playing. I'd be like, okay. Um, so uh, you know, then I'd ring. You know, one of the <laughs> one of the high ups with the team, yeah. and he'd just be like, "Sorry, you know, I, I, I'm not able to play. You know, I'm not being released." And they'd be like, uh, "Yeah, give me half an hour, okay, no worries." <laughs> yeah, you know, and then you know, I would come down and be like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, okay, you're you're allowed to play," you know, and he'd be like. Oh. Okay, no dramas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sammy, mate, we've been chatting for a, a nearly solid hour and a half here at the moment. Yeah, um, and it's, 20, it's yeah. been it's been very insightful for me, being a navy person, um, and thought I knew a lot more than I did actually. So mm. it's, it's about not yeah, and I've I've, I've, I've I've learned a fair bit about the diver life. Yeah, yeah, because I don't, Na- I, navy had, life. I had no idea senior I, service life. I probably should watch that <laughs> doco on ABC. Yeah, it was ABC. pretty cool. It was filmed in two thousand eight. Did Did you watch it, Sammy, before joining? 
Yeah, yeah, I did actually. One of the guys, one of the guys there, uh, a good friend of mine, Gareth. Um, he was a he was a footy player himself, and he transitioned over into the navy. And he was oh, on that. He was yes, on that. he was the older dude. Yeah, the older dude. And he yeah. was actually part of the inspiration for me about joining as an older guy and being a footy player. Yeah. And, um, so he was one of the first guys I met when I went into the UBDR, uh, the underwater battle damage <laughs> group. When I, <laughs> yeah. You know, so he was I, – I, I basically walked up to him. I was like, mate, I, you know, you were part of, uh, you know, the inspiration behind me wanting to join because you're a footy player and, I, mm, I, yeah. you know, uh, I really saw you as someone that, you know, I could, you know, effectively sort of mould myself off by what you've done as well. So, you know, we're still great mates today. And, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's, it's good. You should definitely watch the series. It's, it's, it's an yeah, interesting it's series. I'll check it out. I'll it's on it. ABC for everyone out there I'll, listening. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, so for our guests, we have two final questions, and I, you, you're actually going to be, I think your answer is going to be really good just because, you know, you, just as a younger guy, you were Set on the rugby league. That was your. You thought that was your path, and obviously you sat next to that bloke, and he pretty much just said, "No, nah, mate, like you're gonna have to look for something else." Like, yeah, football can be a career, but you should probably start thinking about it because you're, you know, getting on in age. Twenty six, I think you said yeah. you were. Izzy Flowers coming up your back. Izzy, yeah, Izzy, so was, Izzy so just yeah, Greg, floating did around. You say and, G, GI was coming up as well. Greg Inglis. Yeah, GI. Yeah, two of the greatest footballers we've had here in Australia. Yeah. And Izzy went and did rugby union yeah. as well and AFL killed and it in AFL and just killed everything he did. Pre- preached to the choir about exactly. his uh, rights. About yeah, his so, beliefs. you know, basically <laughs> you uh, got the inspiration from that guy, talked to, uh, doing that PT course and then you sat next to this, you know, this uh, Navy diver or he was uh, in training. He Tra- failed, training, he failed yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And then um, obviously that gave you the seed to, you know, join the Navy, but not only just join the Navy, become a clearance diver, and that is, you know, the top tier of the Navy. Yeah, it's not like the bosuns yep. over here. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> second, second, second best, second best. Um, you know, what, what inspiration or what advice can you give to our, our listeners? Or, you know, we might have some young listeners out there who might want to be a, a clearance diver. Yep. So, you know, what you know what, what advice can you give to anyone just to, you know, complete their goals or even join the Navy and uh, become a clearance diver? You know, what do you've got from um, I think I think the, the, one of the biggest things for me was, um, you know, I, I, ha, I had a, I had a vision of where I wanted to go with the, with the diving, and I, and I just I didn't let anything come in between it. You know, I, that was the drive for me was once I made the decision to do it, I went at it a hundred miles an hour. And if if I'd failed to see that, or if I had injured myself and or, or, or whatever, you know, and and before I was able to sit the course, I just would have kept on trying until mm. at some stage I would have, you know, you know, known that, oh, okay, I obviously can't do this, so I need to, you know, you know fork in the road and do something else. But I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, remain consistent with with what you want to do and, and if you want to do something, you just got to go hard at it and focus in on it, research it, know enough about it um, because you can never know enough about it. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is I learned, I learned so much about the branch before I actually went in. So I, yeah, I, right. I, I went on the, I went on the bases with Matt and I went down and watched yeah, cool. the guys under instruction. And, you know, I, I felt like in that, on that particular day when I was standing there watching these guys being run around in their wetsuits and cleaning dive helmets and all this sort of stuff I was watching, I, I felt like I was, you know, intimately a part of what they were doing just by yeah, being there. Yeah, yeah, uh, cool. And, and I think, you know, you know, um, Go and be a part of something. It doesn't have to be the Navy diving branch. It can be, you know, it can be anything in life. But go and be a part of it, and 
And if, if, if you've got your heart set on something, you know, just, just keep on going, just keep on going until, until you achieve it. I mean, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I did. I, and then look, it's the Navy, the, the Navy, the Navy diving benches is a not easy, a not easy thing to get into mm, either. Like exactly. It's, it's a tough, arduous exactly, task yeah. to get, get into it. So it takes dedication. It takes sacrifice. You know, it takes discipline. It takes structuring your life. It takes knowing what you're, you know, your daily intake and what you're eating and how you're maintaining your, your mental health and your stress levels. And that's, you know, it's about having a good understanding of your own, um, you know, your own personal makeup and setup as well. So you can, so you know that you're, you're going to be good in, in a position like that as well. So, yeah. Very that good. was awesome. Yeah. Um, what is the plan? What is the future for you, Sammy? Obviously, mm. um, the career you're at now, or do you want to get into something else? Yeah. Like, is this this government job long term? Obviously, because we all know government government jobs are pretty cool. Uh, like the yeah. super, the pay, the leave, all that mm. sort of jazz. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I've look, I've, I've managed to you know meet a lot of really good people over the last couple of years, and you know, there's some really good stuff in the pipeline with uh, with a number of uh, friends of mine that that are all slowly working towards a a, a common goal, um, mainly around the the ability to help. Um, I'll say veterans. I'll say majority of veterans. Yeah. But yeah, nice. You know, you've got we've got we got I got I got a good mate of mine who's just about to start up a, a good leadership program. You know, another mate of mine, ex diver, is about to start a, 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 a like a, his uh, study in psychology. Um, another mate of mine is also embracing the the whole fitness aspect of stuff. And and there's there's kind of talk about trying to merge all these things together to provide you know young veterans and young people. An avenue, an avenue mm. to come in and go. Okay, um, I've got the I've got the the psychology set up. I've got um, the the leadership set up here. And I've got this set up. I've got my my personal health and fitness. I'm a, I, I'm really into finance at the moment. There's that there's that that aspect of it. Yeah, so nice. you're kind of putting four or five things in a in a big stage kind of together, uh, which can provide a really good you know starting point for a young guy. Uh, depending on, or for a guy post service who wants who wants to leave the navy or leave service, and not have uh, much of an idea about what it's like to be back in you know the real world again, you can come into a group like that. You've already got someone to talk to. You've already got you know someone uh, providing leadership skills to you. You've got someone who can provide you you know some finance skills or some ideas around finance. And it's you know it's about I guess it's about trying to help mainly. Uh, for me now, like I, the government job's great, but it's probably it's definitely not going to be long term. Okay. Long term for me is more about you know uh, being a service to other people now, uh, and if I can you know mold my studies around finance and everything else and help people in that regard, then then that'll be good for me, and also mm. to provide myself uh, generational wealth for my own daughter. You yeah. know, yeah, because nice. that's pretty much that's pretty much the priority for me is she's. She's uh, the be all and end all of my life, and I want to be able to not just set sort of her up, but set her kids up and her kids' kids up, you know, for their nice. lifetime. So, yeah, nice, Samuel. That's awesome. I like that. That's good. Cool. Like that. Um, Sam, thank you again, mate. Um, sorry, that thank you again uh, for the chat we've just had. It's um, it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, been definitely. Great. And um, you know, if if our listeners uh, want to get in touch with you, can they find you on LinkedIn or anything or social media? Yeah, on LinkedIn, uh, Sam Peters on LinkedIn, SJ Peters13 on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on there if you want to 
and I have a chat, ask about anything. If, you've got, if there's any potential guys that want to join the branch or have any questions in relation to that, please reach out. More than happy to yeah, help. Awesome. And, yeah, more than happy. So yeah, Awesome, mate. Now, again, uh, Shane said you are coming on, and I was, I was uh, actually interested. Not, not your typical Navy guy. <laughs> Which is, you know, I'm an army boy, so I've got no idea when it comes to it. Was, it was cool. You know, we've, we've, we've chatted about it ages ago, but uh, I was just trying to get Tom off between you and you and your daughter um, yeah. and just stuff like that. So yep. it's uh, it worked out fine today. It worked out absolutely perfect. Yeah, good. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, man, Shane, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to a number of your podcasts. And, oh, thanks. You know, some of the you've had on are very uh, inspiring people. So to be in the same company as that and to be able to talk to you guys today and talk to you about my you know, my journey, um, yeah. you know, thanks very much for having me on and uh, let me let me talk about, you know, what I've done. So I appreciate nice. it. No, I appreciate it, mate. Thanks Sam, again. Thanks, buddy. Thanks very much, guys. How about that one, uh, Shane? That was cool. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of navy diving stuff that I I didn't I didn't know about. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. About yeah, the navy in it was general. Cool. It was cool. So, uh, Sam joined literally three months after I did in two thousand nine. Yeah. I discharged two thousand nine. Wow, well, yeah, I was seventeen. How old were you? You, I was like twenty six. Fuck, fuck, you were young when you discharged. Twenty seven. Yeah, I, suppose I, well, I joined when I was nineteen. No, I suppose I discharged when I was twenty. I was only a little baby. Little, little wee Singaporean, <laughs> um, but yeah. So Sammy's had a very, very cool career, <coughs> I, th- I think, in, in my eyes. Anyway, he's um, he joined the time when Navy clearance diving was still cool, and I say that mm. because now I've got mates that are instructors at Penguin and mates that are uh, personal personal training instructors at Wardhan and Penguin, and they said that the clearance diving acceptance test is no more. It's basically just a three to four day PT test, from what I heard. Yeah, right. It's easy. That fucking easy. Someone didn't pump out the two point four and under. And I was fine. Political correctness. Yep. So uh, I'm going to say two point four is probably have to run it in like eleven minutes at that stage of the yeah. trials, and yeah. they didn't get eleven minutes, and they still went on to to get onto the course. Clean skin two point four. Yeah. Yeah. So just PT rig two point four six six laps around the oval. Bang bang pirate gang. He went to get eleven eleven minutes. Couldn't do it. Or she. I don't know who it was. That's for the age group as well. <clears throat> yeah, so which is just, yeah, that's like mid twenties because that was that was the yeah. timing I had to do it. I remember, yeah. and I used to do it like at eleven, twelve, or something yeah. just before the time cut it's, off. It's, <laughs> it's it is it, it it is hard to do, but yeah, well, uh, you when you're a buck, exactly when you're buck, buck wild as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they went on to and they're still training, popping under the course right, right now. Actually, yeah, so. well, you know, yeah, I I enjoyed his story because you know I'm a, I'm a rugby league fan. Yeah, massive love my rugby league and. <clears throat> Even though it was mainly seagulls, shit team. <laughs> but um, it's just interesting to see that you know he sat next to that bloke in the, in the stands and you know basically just said to him, you know, what are you, what are you going to do post footy yeah. career? Which was not you know it's probably many, the smartest thing for a trainer slash yeah. manager to ask. Yeah, super cool, young super kid. Cool. So and he was, he was honest with him too. Yeah, like, and then obviously he sat next to that bloke in the PT set three, set four course at Tate. <laughs> yeah. And he's basically like, yeah, I'm in the Navy. And yeah. that sparked his interest. And, you know, rather than just becoming a bosun, <laughs> <laughs> he went to the top and, yeah. went, you know, basically clearance dive is essentially the top. Yeah, you know, the, the top, yeah. The, yeah. the special forces side of things. If, if you want to call it, mate. If yeah, you want to call it, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, fun. got there and yeah. went tag and. Tags, tags, cool. We had a few guys, uh, Lenny Seaman Bar at the time and Abel Seaman Door, where they were our instructors. Um, and they would t- tell us about tag and stuff. And, mm. Um, I think a few guys went on to become clearance divers from the ship's of course, and um, I don't know what happened to them. But yeah, I, yeah. you know, it's just you know, every time I drive over 
you know, the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yeah. Now I'm just going to wonder, like, who's under there? Yeah. There is a human being swing under there right now. We've got no idea. That there'll be, be someone swimming. 100%. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. There'll be some Navy swimmer cool. just, just doing his thing. Just doing, doing his or thing. Or finning. Or finning, yeah, finning on the that back. That is just mental, like, finning from just Yeah, they used to. General, like, oh, it's, it's, it's fucking There's hard. It's like yucker. a seal on top of the water in yeah. a black wetsuit. Well, I didn't say that. Splashing then, around. But when, when you go diving, you have a um, surface swimmer, and they sort of attend the boys because you've got, like, boys you're diving, yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. floats. Yeah. Um, so you've got, what, uh, just say three down below, one surface swimmer, one uh, attendant, one standby diver. And I was surface swimming one time at night, so I'm off uh, the, the beach at Chinaman's mm. Beach down there, and it was the most fucking petrifying thing I've ever done in my life. No, I couldn't do it. Like, the fucking stab is like 30 meters yeah. away. The boys are like 20 meters down. Yeah. I'm on the surface just like keeping the floats from not getting all twisted up. I'm like, fuck me, Dad, yeah. man. This is bullshit. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, so hey, there's technology shit. out there now for sharks in there, like, like ankle bracelets or something? I don't know, maybe. Anal well, boots. No. Oh, I'm sorry. They save you piss in the water, the sharks won't come. Do they? I don't know. I don't know. I think I saw it. I don't know. I but, think I'm um, making it up. Yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> just pissed when you get scared. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, Sammy Peters, uh, his Instagram is at SJPeters13. Yeah, um, hitting up on uh, LinkedIn. And we, we had a, a little chat offline as well about his uh, current uh, career, yeah. which is super fucking interesting. Yeah. And um, makes me super pissed off at the same time. But that's not because of him or the job. It's because of the courts. It's because of what, you know, what he's doing. Yeah. But um, – we, we suggested to him, you know, if he was to discharge from yeah. whatever he's doing yeah. with whatever agency, uh, would he chat about, you know, what he's – and so I think, yeah, he said, yeah, definitely. So we'll do like a probably – you know, that this is if he does pull the pin on, on yeah. that job. We'll have – you know, we'll probably do a bonus episode. Yeah. You know, you know in a few months. I hope so. You know, yeah. it'll be super cool. Oh, a year maybe, yeah. It'll be very maybe. interesting. It'll be super cool because, yeah, and this will piss off a lot of people too, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. Not, not – People, people, but people that need to be pissed off. Oh, yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, but so, guys, if you're thinking about joining the Navy as a clearance diver and you want some in- insight, don't don't chat to me. Yeah. Uh, but chat to Sam. Yeah. Hit him he'll up. tell you everything and, about it. Yeah. He'll tell you everything. Yeah. But um, if you've got cool. a brain, just join the Army and see. <laughs> if you like <laughs> Actually, if you don't on, have a brain, join the Army. <laughs> <laughs> if you like carrying your house on your back. Yeah. <laughs> I see um, one of the ships at the moment. HMAS Adelaide. Busted Jeez. and broken down. and the sailors are all whinging because they've got to shit in a, shit in a bucket. It's <laughs> a so bucket. That's, that's fucking luxury. I used to shit in a hole. Mate, we're used to four hot meals a day. Yeah, I know. Um, oh. Morning tea, afternoon There's tea. There's only 1,400 <laughs> ration packs for 700 people. Far out, far <laughs> That's a luxury. If, if, yeah, fuck. Oh, mate, I wouldn't even know how to heat a ration pack or what to do with it. Honestly, <laughs> like, just, like, just, like, what the fuck is this? Eat, eat the plastic you as well. on the cardboard box that comes in. Um, yeah, so um, if you want to listen to our podcast, you can head yeah. to uh, zero.limits.podcast on uh, our socials, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Our latest episodes are all on there. Yep. Uh, we've done 30-something-ish now. I'll say 35, I think. Yep. 34. Uh, 35-ish. Uh, probably a couple more probably before Wonder. we release this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, find us on the, on our social platforms. Uh, leave us a comment if you've, you know, listening to our podcast and seen the image, images go up. Leave yeah. us a comment. and uh, Or be that guy at the Prince of Wales in Newcastle the other night when I was bouncing out the front door. He said, hey, Shane, good good podcast. Good, I love it. Good potty. And I was like, who the hell is that? So that, that, that guy, if you're listening, yeah, if you're I'll listening, be there yeah, every cool. Saturday night. Women, uh, I'll be there as well. <laughs> Signing <laughs> autographs. I, I, I was in the Navy, so women and men. <laughs> Funny you say because these girls were like, oh, do you have a, do you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, of course, because I did, babe. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why you're doing it. Um, yeah, so you can find us on uh, – um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, yep. Amazon Music, 
Stitcher. All those good ones. The Podbean. Oh, we are Podbean? Oh, yeah, it's just weird saying Podbean. It does. It sounds like a sexual <laughs> thing that goes in a man's anus. Speaking of that, what's the go with these O-rings? So the O-rings is just no, like I a, understand that part of things. Oh, it's just like a gimmick. So they put it across the, the face of the watch. Yeah, but what else was it used for? Oh, they put it around the knob so they get blood there. <laughs> so they so they feel empowered. <laughs> So clearance divers have a, have a name for themselves, not the Navy. Just like, yeah, they are like the elite elite, or so they think they are, you know. No no disrespect to the guys that have served, that are still serving. But when divers come onto a major fleet unit, everyone's like, fucking divers. Like, walk around with the Oakley fucking speed dealers yeah. on, sleeves rolled up, fucking just like. And like, don't get me wrong, you do get some blokes that are like cool as fuck, and then you get some think this, this shit don't, don't stink. <laughs> And it's like, fuck off, mate. Just <laughs> Get your cock ring away from yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, back to uh, where you can find us, Spotify and all those ones. Spotify. So, yeah, just get up, jump on there. And if you could, head to Apple Podcasts uh, Apple Podcast and leave us a review because uh, uh-huh. that gets our exposure out there and gets yeah. our stories. You know, that was the whole point of starting this podcast, get the stories out there from all these veterans and Ex- uh, our sports stars that we've had on. Yes. And, and who are we getting on Travis soon? Oh, yeah, I'd street like to. Bike yeah. oh, the street bike, yeah. I'll, street I'll, bike, uh, Tommy. I'll uh, shoot Tommy a message. I've already asked him. He's keen. Yeah, head if you're listening, Tommy. He, 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 I'll hit him up. I'll speak to him. I'll speak to him all the time. Okay. But um, anyway, thanks for thanks for listening. All right, Zero Limits team, catch ya. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. <laughs> However, lately, I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags, literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, a few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet, and I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine, and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour-over filter bags, got some merchandise. And just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now look in our bio, you see that discount code, use it. Get your discounts. So again, jump onto 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.